0: Card, weren't they? Oh, even the little ones are reading that, right? Oh, look look, Isaiah 6. Isaiah is like a Bible inside the Bible. It's got 66 chapters, as the Bible has 66 books, and many of the chapters parallel uh, the separate books. This is chapter 6, and it starts off, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. So here we have in chapter 6, someone seeing the Lord, and the sixth book in the Bible is named after Joshua. Joshua is the equivalent of Jesus, so it matches there. So I'll read some in here, and let's go and pray. Lord, I do ask you to help us to understand uh, this thought, this idea, and help us all to uh, keep a a tender heart uh, toward thee like uh, children have, and I pray you'd help us recognize Uh, this uh, universal problem, uh, and I pray you'd help us to see what's uh, going on with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Isaiah uh, was a companion with King Uzziah. Uh, They were friends, and when he died, he saw the Lord, it says. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. This would be the one in heaven. Above it stood the seraphims, and each one had six wings. With uh, Twain, he he covered his face. With Twain, he covered his feet. And with Twain, he did fly. I don't know about you. When I read Twain, I think of Bugs Bunny. Anybody think of Bugs Bunny? (laughs) So that's my spiritual aspect. Okay. Uh, and then uh, it says, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The, uh, the whole earth is full of his glory. Now, two times in the Bible, we'll say the three holies, uh, one each reference to the Godhead. Here's the seraphims do it in Revelation 4, 8 is the cherubims do it. I don't there seem to be a slight difference between those two uh, types of beings. Uh, and so they they glorify on a regular basis in heaven. Uh, holy, holy, holy. In Revelation, it says, Lord God Almighty, which was and is is to come. So uh, uh, you need to keep that in mind because when uh, we hear that, that's a cue to fall down and worship Jesus Christ after the pre-tribulation rapture and the sooner the better. Okay, now when you drop down, if you would drop down to verse 9. And, uh, of course, Isaiah, when he saw the Lord, he saw that he was undone as an individual. And then he also just wanted to uh, say something for the Lord, do something for the Lord. And then in verse 9, here's what the Lord said to him. And he said, go and tell this people, okay, tell this people, that'd be Israel, hear ye indeed, but understand not. That, that seems kind of weird. Why, would, why don't they understand? And see ye indeed and perceive not, make the hearts of this people fat. Okay, that would be another way of saying hard-hearted. Make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. The idea there is that he's going to be giving what God wants them to give, the truth of God, to a people that eventually... Do not want the truth of God. So this verse in verse 9 and 10, uh, this one along, uh, there's one in uh, Psalm 118 about the cornerstone. Those two kind of jockey for the uh, position of being quoted the most in in the New Testament. Okay, and so this one here is quoted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, Romans, and Hebrews. So seven times this idea uh, is mentioned in the New Testament, and that, that reveals to us that this is a common cycle of the end of a person, the end of an, an age, the end of a nation, when things are falling apart, where people get hard-hearted toward God. God. Okay, stiff neck, sometimes you see that. You ever see that stiff neck or they put away their shoulder away from you? That's hard-hearted. Uh, anybody who's been in, uh, you know, trying to influence others, witnessing for many years, have you noticed through the years how harder people are getting? Younger. The younger they're getting hard. Okay, the very first time I was down in Purdue and I heard someone say, F Jesus, that, that threw me off, man. But then I've heard it so much it just rose off like water off a duck's back because people are getting hard. They're getting hard younger. And uh, this Isaiah 6 idea... Uh, none of us are immune from this. This specific warning is—it's is, a parallel with hardening of the heart or the hardening of the arteries, what's commonly known. Often, if, when you study the natural world, you parallel that with the supernatural world, and you can find a solution in the supernatural world by how they try to solve it in the natural world. Okay, the hardening of the heart. It's usually there's a portion of the heart gets harder and it gets larger. And that, what that means is there's going to be less blood that comes into the heart, less blood flow, less oxygen. And the symptoms often are dizziness, shortness of breath, fainting, lightheadedness, chest pain. And that's because basically less oxygen and less blood are being pumped throughout the body. And that's what's called hard-heartedness. In the spiritual world, it, it, it acts in the same fashion. Uh, the word heart is found over 800 times in the Bible, and that would be like the seat of our emotions and thought. Uh, the heart is not limited to an organ in your body. The heart, our, this muscle, also has memory. It's called muscle memory. There have, on a few occasions, people have had heart transplants that they now have memory of of, the donor, of events that the donor experienced. On a few occasions, the person who received the heart, actually, <clears throat> their personality changed to the personality of the donor. And when the Bible says, that, as a man thinketh in his heart, that is literal. A lot of people believe about Jesus Christ here, but the Bible says you believe here. Not only here, but you include this, and this is where most people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. <clears throat> and so, I want to parallel this hardening. Now, the word harden, as in hardening of the heart, occurs 49 times in the Bible, and a third, more than a third of them are in reference to a guy named Pharaoh. So if you would go back to Exodus 4, and we'll look at that guy. The spiritual uh, symptoms or the cause of a hard heart would be disappointments in life, offenses that you uh, occur with others, offenses, Vain imaginations, okay? These vain imaginations, according to Genesis 6, come from the heart. I, I imagine I'm a kitty. Yum, yum, meow. We need to put a litter box in that boy's bathroom or the girl's bathroom or its bathroom. They're debating this down at Twin Lakes School down in Monticello. One kid thinks she's a cat. You know, and and all, all a teacher's got to do is, I'm a pit bull, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a vain imagination. Give the kid cat food. See how he likes that. Uh, but this is the nonsense that we're seeing manifest itself. It's vain imaginations. And then when their expectation of the imagination doesn't occur, they're disappointed, they have offenses, and then they get hard quick. The hard get hard. In Exodus 4, verse 21, this is the very first time the word harden. Shows up as the hardening of the heart. And uh, we're going to look at it from the evil side first. The hardening of the heart. But then there's also a side where people are in a good environment. Been raised in a good sink. They can get a hard heart. None of us are immune to this. Uh, Exodus is the dark side. Exodus 4.21. The Lord said unto Moses... When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in mine, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. Now Calvinists jump all over that, but they don't look at the more details of the Bible. Okay, this is the first time. Now, this Pharaoh, okay, we assume, often we assume because we're natural people, natural birth, natural. uh, What if Pharaoh wasn't a natural man? What if? Egypt is kind of the first worldwide power in a way, not officially, Babylon is officially, but Egypt is. And what if, like before the flood, they had these mighty men of renown. Renown means famous. What if famous people aren't what you and I think they are? What if? And I'm here to tell you, they're not. Uh, It's almost like many of them don't even have a conscience. Now, in Ezekiel 29... Verse 3, Ezekiel in his day. So this is many years later, said that Pharaoh of his day is a dragon. He said Pharaoh is a dragon. What's that? A dragon is a reptile, okay, where a devil, the word dragon is found 13 times in Revelation. Get that number. Okay, and so... Did not Jesus say that Judas Iscariot, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? So these uh, beings can appear to be man. Okay, God who became flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Was not the devil going to counterfeit that? Paul said, and no marvel, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So this hardening of Pharaoh, because he wasn't a real flesh and blood man. God is moving the heart of this walking, talking devil to cause something going on with Israel. Moses is coming back in the trib. And he will deal with the Antichrist. Pharaoh is a type of the Antichrist. And it talks about the hardening of the heart. Now, if you just take a a little time and read Exodus 4 to 14, that's Pharaoh. And you'll find hardened in there. Uh, One third of the 49 times, over 15, 18 times, you'll find Pharaoh being hardened. And then it says Israel's heart. No, the Egyptians are hardened. Okay, and so this is on the dark side, the hardening of this. And when you read through there, you'll see that Pharaoh doesn't listen to the truth. He doesn't relieve the afflicted. He doesn't care about the afflicted. Okay, where people always care about the afflicted. Okay, uh, if you would look at Ezekiel 16. uh, Well, there's some type of a month that's going on this month. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't know what this month is all about. You know, Pride Month, they call that? Pride Month? What, where, where do they get this concept of choosing the word pride? They get it from the Bible. Now, I don't think that they got up one morning and said, let's start an advertisement, Pride Month. Now, if you take Pride Month and you take the D-E at the end of Pride and the M-O-N at the beginning of month, you have demon. Right in the heart of it. But Ezekiel sixteen forty nine. what were the sins of Sodom, the iniquity of Sodom? Here's what Ezekiel said. He's the same guy that said that Pharaoh is a dragon, and he's the same guy that talked about the conspiracies of his day, because he was taken captive over to Babylon. And he said this, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Number one, pride. That's where they get that from. Pride. The pride is the root sin that leads to the other sins, and this is not limited to sodomy. This is the entire transgender movement. This has been going on for years. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughter. What's the common saying? An idle mind is the devil's workshop. But notice the next thing. Did not strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They don't care about the afflicted. No emotions. None whatsoever. You see? And th- this is the pattern. This is, lay- this is actually laying the foundation for the tribulation time period. It's, that's what it's doing. That's what's happening And it you know, from a believer's standpoint, that's kind of exciting. It's sad at the same time. But you see what's going on. This is the hardening of the heart, and this is the hardening when these things are introduced to young kids, it shouldn't be talking I mean, why are they allowing this in there? It's because they can't reproduce, so they gotta recruit, taking advantage of the innocent, and they have no concern for that. None whatsoever. Okay, and this is why the young are getting harder to the things of God. Harder to authority. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, I won't, but God will someday. See? And so Pharaoh reveals to the believer, Pharaoh... And this is what we always need to keep in mind. Even though America, with a wonderful heritage and a Christian heritage, and and we should be interested in politics, but yet the Bible also says to us, it is better to put your confidence in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. And then the next verse follows up. He says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. I don't care about... The political figurehead. My hope is not in whoever. Okay, my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that Solomon was a type of Christ in the beginning of his reign, and he switches to a type of the Antichrist, the same man. He switches to a type. of the, Why? Because Satan is more subtle than any beast of the field. You would have thought when Jesus said in John six that one of you is a devil. The apostles would have picked up on that. But they didn't pick up on it three and a half years. A devil masquerading to be a man was so subtle. The apostles didn't know it. And that's why he says the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. And so our confidence is in the Lord. We look, we look at the Bible, but our confidence is the Lord. Now, this hardening of people because of evil, I understand it. I really understand. I mean, if you've been burnt by people, don't you get sort of kind of gun shy? People have gone through church splits and they get gun shy of church. I understand that. But we need to work through those things, too. But what about on the other side of the coin? if you would look in John twelve, a person is not even a- a child raised in a good home and in a in a in a, a bible believing family. they are prone to hardness of the heart too. none of us are immune to this in john twelve verse thirty seven It says, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Okay, that's Isaiah. That'd be Isaiah 53. But then notice what the next reference is. Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. See, there it is in the New Testament. That's that Isaiah 6 passage that I read. This is a fourth occurrence in the New Testament. And you would tend to think, how could they get a hard heart when they see Jesus Christ doing all this? How can a child raised in a Bible-believing church develop a hard heart? Easy. Easy. It's easy. None of us are immune to these things. And this is why we need to consider a lot of these things. From the dark side, from the evil side, Pharaoh is the classic example of hard-heartedness. But on the good side, the apostles themselves displayed hard-heartedness. How could they do that? If you would look in Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, there's three places we'll look at, and this is how it how it happens. Mark six, verse forty, or fifty-two. Okay, this is right after uh, where Jesus uh, fed. Uh, it says it's called feeding of the five thousand, but then in the in the text it will say it's five thousand men. So if you throw in the women and the kids, I mean, you're talking probably 20,000 people feeding of that. okay, this is this is a miracle that none of the guys on TV try to fake. They can't they can't fake this one. After that, the apostles, you would tend to think, wow, we got an amazing savior. Look what he's done. But look in 652. They considered not the miracle the loaves for their heart was hardened. How can you and I, in a bible believing church, develop a hard heart? We don't sit down and consider the blessings of the Word of God, the miracles of the Bible, the benefits that we've experienced in life. Americans don't realize the heritage that we've been given with the Christian heritage and the blessings that we have. All these liberals are talking about the evil of American heritage. Why don't you go study uh, Iran and see how the evils of Iran works out? The Muslim faith. Why don't you go check that out for a while? You don't see them griping about this. You don't see the transgender movement going on in Iran. Why? Because they're dealing with reality. Okay, and this is what's going on. This this is intended to destroy the Christian heritage of this nation. You see? And, and the thing is is... A lot of times we get used to things, and we don't consider the blessings of the Word of God. Man, that book is amazing. The blessings we've reaped in this country is because of this book. That's why. And when, and when we don't consider these things, we just think this is how life is. You're raised in a good home, you just think, oh, this is how life is. You'll find out most homes there's nothing but yelling and screaming and arguing and fighting. And then you realize the blessings you've been given. I mean, we got to stop, slow down, think, and consider things. The apostles didn't consider. They didn't take time to consider. Wow, he just fed 20,000 people for what? Five loaves of two fish. How does he do that? They didn't consider it, and their heart got hard. A little later on, the same men in chapter 8, verse 17 <clears throat> In Mark eight, uh, if you you got to kind of run the context on this one, it runs from Mark eight fourteen to twenty one. Okay, and this one says, "Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf." And he charged them, saying, "Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod." Well, what's a natural person tend to think? Okay, they think natural. Oh, they reason among themselves, saying, "It's because we have no bread." No, he's talking supernatural. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, "Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet? Neither understand? Have ye yet your heart yet hardened? Don't you understand? Has your heart been hardened?" And then, and then he explained it. When I break the five loaves. Or verse 18, having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember? That's an that's a, that's a indirect mention of Isaiah 6. When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets uh, full of fragments took ye up? And they said unto him, 12. And, and when the seven uh, among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? How can we get a hard heart? It's when you believe everything that's said, but you don't personally verify it. You see, this, what, you know, people often say, oh, church is a cult. Then you ask them, what's a cult? Explain to me what a cult is. Oh, it's a church. No, explain it to me. What is a cult? A cult is when the leadership demand blind loyalty and you don't think. The leadership does the thinking for you. That's a cult. I mean, look at the dictionary. That's what it is. We don't do that. I say don't believe a word I say unless you have verified it yourself. And if you haven't taken the time to verify it, I'm not saying reject it, but what I'm saying is in order for it to become your personal faith, you got to understand yourself. If you don't, then you can get hard. You get hard to it. That's why I say, get that book out and read it and study it and see whether the things I say are so. I mean, I'm, I'm persuaded by them. That's why I preach it. But if you're not persuaded in your spirit, then I would encourage you to do more study. And let the spirit guide you. And so you can say, I believe what I believe because it's mine. I believe this. God persuaded me. And here's why. This scripture and this one and this one and this one and this one. And if we don't, we can get hard hearted. Okay, that doesn't mean you run around and say to people, prove it, prove it. Somebody says to me, get smart. I, prove it. I said, run along. I ain't going to prove it. Go prove it yourself. It's your job. I have to do all the thinking for you. You know, we're not birds where mama goes and gets a worm and then takes the worm and up and swallows it and then upchucks it, you know, and let the little birdie. I mean, that's not the method here. You know, uh, we just shell it out. It's like a smorgasbord. Take what you want and. If you're persuaded with it, praise the Lord. Okay, we're all in this together, brainstorming, trying to understand the truth. and if we fail to attain personal understanding, we can get a hard heart. The third one is in Mark 16. Mark 16. Okay, in this story, we got the resurrection. How many times did Jesus tell the apostles, "I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die." I'm going to rise again. How many times did they tell them that, and they didn't get it? And I'm not judging them for it. If I was one of the 12, I wouldn't have gotten it either. Okay, but after, in fact, they got Mary Magdalene and Mary. They went to the sepulcher. He's gone. They got the eyewitness account. There's the angel. The angel told them, you go tell the apostles. Go up to Galilee. I'll meet you up there. Chapter 16, verse 14 of Mark he said, afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now, the idea where I say make sure you're personally persuaded. Now, if if you're not persuaded at the time... <clears throat> In this context, a person got a hard heart because they did not consider the testimony of a faithful individual. These people didn't lie to them. I mean, the track record of a person. Been around 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I mean, when have you ever seen me correct this book? You know, I believe this book from cover to cover. I believe the cover. I mean, from I every bit of it. And the thing is, if you're not persuaded, at least you consider a person's testimony that has been faithful. A lot of people say, uh, here's what they do in Christian colleges about science. They criticize the Bible, criticize the Bible, criticize the Bible. But they don't criticize their science textbook. When that is known lying to them, they take the testimony of a known liar in a science textbook and and reject the Bible. Why? Hard-hearted. They're hard-hearted. And you see, that's the thing. Now, I would dare say most of the time a person wants to keep a tender heart toward God and a tough hide toward man. In in, uh, Proverbs 4.23, it says this, Keep thy heart With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, if you would go to 2 Kings 22. In the Old Testament, there's a guy named Josiah. In fact, this guy Josiah was predicted by name 350 years before his birth. Might have been 450. I don't remember the exact year, but I can say over 350. (laughs) And that still covers 450. Okay, so he was predicted by birth that he's going to be a king someday, and he is going to burn the bones of priests on an altar. <clears throat> That'd be in First Kings thirteen. That's where that was predicted. Here he is born. Second Kings twenty two. He becomes a king at eight years old. <clears throat> king James became a king at eighteen months. Hey, <laughs> uh, would you go change the king's diaper? He's kind of sticky. <laughs> Okay, and so Josiah is eight years old, and he had a buddy he grew up with, Jeremiah by name. Jeremiah's dad was the high priest, Josiah was the king. And so Jeremiah and Josiah were companions growing up, and we know what happened to Jeremiah. He wrote 52 chapters in Jeremiah, five chapters in Lamentations. And so, Josiah was tenderhearted toward God. In 2 Kings 22, things are a mess in Judah. The Jewish temple has uh, gone into uh, disre- disrepair and everything. Things are falling apart. People are bad. And Josiah wanted to clean up the Jewish temple. While they're cleaning it up, they found a text of scripture. And they read it. And, it's, uh, and it was negative from top down. It was all negative about Judah. I'm going to blast you. I'm going to bring you desolate. <laughs> and that scared Josiah. And he said to the priest, would you go ask God what this is about? Second Kings twenty two eighteen. Why did God answer him? But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender. And thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. When thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And as rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee say unto the Lord. Why did the Lord give him these answers? Tenderhearted. He had a tender heart toward God. The next chapter, he had a great revival and he found some bones of some apostate priests and burnt them on the altar, just like was predicted over 350 years before. Amazing thing. Now, sadly, okay, if you would go to the parallel of Second Chronicles in uh, 35. Now, this guy Josiah. I mean, he and Jeremiah, man, they were they were uh, they were the kind of the ones that God used for this great revival. And Jeremiah, he outlasted him. Jeremiah was still in the city when Babylon came in. Josiah made a mistake at the end of his reign. a Pretty bad mistake. He'd read the newspapers about you know somebody over you know fighting a battle, Egypt going after somebody, and, and the news media was railing on him. He should get involved. <laughs> and so he got involved. Shouldn't have. Meddled with strife that didn't belong to him. <clears throat> and 2 Chronicles 35, verse 20, it says this. And after this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Nico, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Karmish of Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. So this guy in Egypt came across the southern border, came across. And the messenger said that he's going to fight over there. And Josiah said, oh, we need to help these poor folks out. You know, we need to protect their border. We don't care about our border, but we can protect their border. And so we need to go over there and help them out. And he was tender to hear the words of God from good men. But he failed to realize that the word of God can come from bad men, too. God can speak through anybody he wants. And he didn't expect an Egyptian general to speak the words of God. And that's exactly what happened. In verse 21, ambassadors were sent to him from this Nico, king of Egypt. And he said to him, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war, for God commanded me to make haste. Now, when he heard that Egyptian guy said, God commanded me, he probably rolled his eyes and said, oh, yeah, right, you don't even know God. And then he says, the guy says, for God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God who is with me that he destroy thee not." Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him and hearken, notice, hearken not unto the words of Nico from the mouth of God. Yes, you might be surprised who the Lord speaks through to try to get your attention and my attention. It might be your mother-in-law. Who knows? <laughs> we ought to be listening to the words so no matter what the source is. It can be God speaking to us. And notice that he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. That's Armageddon. It's a forerunner of what happens in Armageddon. Sadly, Josiah died as a result of that mistake. He was tender. His heart was tender toward God. God. See, and he was tender toward hearing the words of God from good people, but he didn't know that God can speak through what we would consider bad people, Egyptians. You see, if you go back to the idea of uh, one has a tough hide toward man, but a tender heart toward God. If we go back to the heart, the hardening of the heart, what are are the symptoms of that? It's a lack of blood flow. Okay, let's take that in the natural world to the supernatural world. We can get a hard hard heart with a lack of blood flow. Whose blood? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we need to continually keep praying the blood of Jesus Christ on your property and on yourself and on your family. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Not only that, there's a second thing that takes place, the lack of oxygen. This is what causes the dizziness, the lack of energy. What's the lack of oxygen? In the natural world, oxygen in the supernatural world, who's that? It's the Holy Ghost. He's the wind. A lack of the blood of Jesus Christ will harden our heart, the lack of the fullness of the Holy Ghost. We need to continually ask God to cleanse us with his shed blood and the spirit to fill us and that keeps our heart tender toward God. Now that tenderness toward God can manifest itself in tenderness toward man. Even tenderness toward man. Ephesians 4:32 says, "And be kind one to another, tended, tender-hearted, forgiving one another" even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We can develop even a tenderness, maintain a tenderness toward man by forgiveness. When a person fails to forgive and gets hard and hold grudge, what happened? Hard-hearted. They've hurt themselves, is what they've done. And one, one person we ought to forget, we need to, quote, let's say, forgive. Who? God himself. You say, why do I need to forgive God? Because people always, when they have troubles, who do they blame? They blame God. Yes, God allowed that offense to take place. Yes, he allowed that. But then, in a way, you forgive God, but in reality, we accept God's ways are the best. And then, we are tenderhearted towards others. See, it's so easy, it's so easy to get hard-hearted. From what we see what's going on in the world, how quickly it's going down tubes. Okay, but we could also get hard-hearted, everything's all hunky-dory. If we don't fully make it our own. And so what prevents this hard-heartedness? What prevents it is keep the blood of Jesus flowing in your life. In your family's life. And keep the spirit of God in the fullness as they both use the word of God to keep our heart tender. That's how we keep our heart tender. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I do pray you'd help us to see that hardness of heart is is rampant. It's everywhere, but yet help us to keep a tender heart first toward thee. Keep a tender heart toward thee like Josiah. But yet, sadly... Josiah died too soon due to not recognizing that you can speak through the unexpected. Lord, I pray you'd help us to keep a tender heart toward God and also to be filled with the spirit that we can have a tender heart also toward man. Lord, I pray you'd help us to understand this idea, these concepts, keep the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing in our lives and the fullness of the Spirit as he guides us into all truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.